Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about. In your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. So your weekly grocery run can feel even more productive. And that morning coffee can taste like a little victory. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities to get lower rates on loans, like for a new ride or finally having a home to call your own. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime's Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at chime.com build. That's chime.com build. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com disclosures for details. Hello and welcome to The Promise Land, a show about Manchester United and part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by Rob Blanchett. And what is a different, slightly different show for us today? It is, as we speak... 20 to 9 in the evening UK time. The transfer deadline has not yet passed, but we left this episode purposely till later in the day to see how United behaved on transfer deadline day so we could reflect on transfer deadline day. And something also different is we're live on YouTube at the moment. Uh, I'm feeling... I've had a long day. I started work at 7.30 this morning, so I'm still going. I've got another podcast to do after this. But Rob, uh, thanks for joining uh, you're a little bit ill. I have a good case of the COVIDs, so I apologise to the audience if my voice sounds a little bit hoarse. I'm sh- I'm sure you can still hear me. But yes, it's been a busy day. The world of transfer deadline does not stop for illness or anything like that. So we thought we'd join our audience today for a live one. Obviously, Manchester United been very, very busy on transfer deadline day. We said a few weeks ago, didn't we? We thought it would be like this. And this is where we've ended up with Manchester United doing their activity on the final day. Always the case, always the way. Classic Manchester United. Uh, we will we'll do a bit of reflection on the. They've signed four. Well, they've signed three players as we speak. It will be four. I think it will, uh, but that's not obviously done yet. So a busy day. Uh, United have had a difficult time of it over the past few weeks. Actually, selling players. Uh, Dean Henderson left the club on Thursday. They've signed a replacement keeper. We will talk about the deals that have and haven't been done uh, in today's show. And Rob, should we we should probably should look forward to the Arsenal game towards the end. As yeah, well. we'll do a little bit of that, of course. We'll do a little bit of that as well. But subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and watch us on YouTube. If you're watching us now, like the stream, uh, get involved in the comments. We'll shout out some of you uh, as, as they come in and we'll put them on the screen as well. Uh, Watch us on YouTube, The Promised Land, and Manchester United Podcast, if you're listening on audio, that is. Like the video, subscribe to the channel, leave a comment as well, and pop on that notification bell so you never, ever miss a show. And follow us on social media as well. Rob's just put a tweet out promoting the show that we're live at double underscore Scott Saunders on Twitter or X, Instagram, and I keep saying TikTok. I'm not posting on TikTok in a minute. Uh, at underscore Rob underscore B on Twitter and YouTube, and at Promise and MU on Twitter as well. Where do we start, Rob? Should we should we let the should we let the show warm up a little bit? Let some maybe people catch us that we're on, and maybe we'll do Sofian Amrabat towards the end. Yes, uh, not the end in a little in a little while, maybe ten minutes time or something like that. But um, we'll we'll run through the deals that have been confirmed already by United. But before we do, uh, Ramit says, "Great to catch you guys live and get well soon, Rob." Uh, all Thank the best you. best wishes there. And uh, wait a minute, great name says, "I'm fine with a loan for Amrabat motivation thing." I mean, we will talk about the nature of that deal. I'm, I know Rob has put a tweet out on. You said it used the word out. We'll come back to this. 
you use the word outrageous in I, what context bro? i know like if you if you use a word on twitter and the universe doesn't understand exactly what you mean in that moment and obviously everyone's outraged i i, I described it as that mainly because manchester united have been working on amrabat for weeks and months and the best they could come up with was with a loan to not buy him at the end of the season now yes that might sound like good business isn't it but the reason why Man United have been forced to do that is because they've got no money and they're supposed to be one of the biggest clubs in the world. So that was the context of that short tweet. But I've had a few people tweet back and say, oh, but surely that we should be caring about the club and not the player. Well, if I'm Sofran Amrabat, I'm probably not that happy that I might have to go back to Fiorentina at the end of the season if Man United just suddenly go, oh, we don't want you anymore. And do you know what, Scott? That's probably what might happen with this ownership, don't you think? Yes, indeed. We'll talk I felt about... sorry for him. I yeah. felt sorry for him. Well, he's got his chance anyway. He's held out all summer yeah. and his move is coming coming to the fore eventually. Uh, United Classic waiting until the very end. It's still not confirmed. It, I bet you, where are we now? It's 20 to 9, uh, quarter to 9, two hours and a bit left of the transfer window. This could even be confirmed tomorrow. You know, I'm sure that they'll get the, they'll get the deal done when it's the confirmation done. will come. Maybe they'll do it at 2 a.m. or something like that. But yeah. or maybe they do it when we're live on the show. I doubt it though. Anyway, uh, yeah, like the stream. We have a few of you watching now. I see Hacker from uh, the 90 Min YouTube shows. How TF am I the first like like the stream? Please do. And uh, Ashish says this. So glad I'm part of the second live show. You remembered the last... When did we do last do a live show, Rob? Wembley, wasn't it? Was it Wembley? That wasn't live. The oh, last we did live Las show Ve- we did... Las Vegas wasn't live. Either, was it? We pre-recorded in Las Vegas. The, the last live show that we did was on the last transfer deadline day when Marcel Sabitzer signed. Was it? God, that feels... Six see, months. Sabitzer feels like a million years ago, doesn't it? Yes, it <laughs> does. Doesn't feel indeed. recent. Yeah, um... <laughs> Ashish all the way from South Africa. Love the hats, Rob. And also thoughts on our defence going into the new season. Well, I would have liked Kim Min Jae. I think now on transfer deadline day, all I've been thinking about defensively the last week is that deal was on the table for Man United. But we do know why Man United didn't execute those deals because they haven't got the readies, they haven't got the money. Um, a little bit worried about the defence, but not massively. Like, I, I think United have got just about enough and I think we're all going to get to see a lot more of Harry Maguire. My prediction was wrong, Scott, wasn't it? I said he would go today. Oh, there's still two hours left. There is still or he two could, hours left. He could, the, the, Turk, the Turkish transfer window is still open. The Saudi transfer window is still open. Could go to Saudi on loan get himself through, I don't know, million pound a week or whatever's going on there with him. You know, England's Harry Maguire. But no, obviously looks like he will be sticking around now and United have got injuries. So doesn't look like they're going to be executing any more outgoings in that context. Yeah, like the stream, please, uh, yeah. if you haven't already and you're watching. Uh, let's let's talk about the defence because you Man United have confirmed two defensive signings Three, actually, if you count the goalkeeper. Yes. Uh, so let's do it in time order. I know you, you don't really care about a second-choice goalkeeper, do you? But I'll ask you anyway. Altai Bayandia has joined uh, from Fenerbahce. Seems pretty proud to be the... I think he's the first Turkish player to play for Manchester United as well. They've made a, a big play on that today. Thoughts, if any? Um... The only thought I've got on that is now Anana potentially deciding to play for Cameroon again. So that is a huge thought and that's really important now. And I think that's why United have been forced into that corner to go and buy a goalkeeper. It would have been better that we could have put that £4 million towards maybe another signing or something else. But that is where you are, isn't it? And it does look like I think now Anana will go and play in the African Cup of Nations. And that's a, it's a tough gig for United. Like, I, I'm guessing that Amrabat will also... It could be also, up to six weeks, I think. Yeah, Amrabat will also be going to the to the Cup of Nations. So, um, you know, the United are going to lose two or three really important players. But I know that's normal in the league now, you know, in, in the Premier League. We've seen it with Salah and Mane with Liverpool over the years. But United have got a relatively slim squad, haven't they? So I'm sure they've had to keep one or two extra players simply because of that. Hannibal will stay as well, but it looks yeah. like he could also go to Africa. He'll be with Algeria. Yeah. Uh, so that's that. Tunisia, right? No, yes. Tunisia. Sorry. Apologies. Uh, 
let's uh, let's discuss the returning Johnny Evans. One year deal. deal. Yeah, is, is that as depressing as uh, some people are making out? No, not or at all. No. no, 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 not not for me. Again, I I think I, I kind of called for that when when he came to the club. It was pretty crystal clear he was going to get a one year deal either way. Whoever left, whoever stayed, um, and. And I think you do need him as coverage. And I think as a coverage player, someone who who's there, like, I think ironically, Scott, I think he's going to end up on the bench more than Harry Maguire. That like, I really do think that. I think Johnny Evans is probably going to be preferred above the former captain. Um, so you needed to do that just, I think, for numbers. Um, and I'm not as low on Johnny Evans as, as some other people. Like Obviously, he's at the end, the back end of his career. He's a veteran. But he can still help you and do a little job. And it's only a twelve-month contract, so uh, not too much to write home about. But but okay with him coming back. I don't know why anyone would be massively upset by that. What do you think, Scott? I don't know whether there's a bit of a homegrown factor in it as well. Yes. You know, uh, Dean Henderson has left. Obviously, as a, a homegrown player, uh, occupies one of those spots in the Champions League squad, especially. And uh, I think teams need uh, at least four. Yes, players who've been brought up within the club itself, not only uh, not only in in England or in the UK. So obviously Henderson's left, uh, so Evans Evans could take up that spot. It's a very cheap way of doing it, isn't it? Like you have to get round those boundaries with homegrown, and that's one way of doing it. And and like I said, I do actually think that when it comes to match days, Johnny Evans might be the guy sat on the bench, and Harry Maguire might be the guy sat at home. Let's right. So we earlier this week we we had discussions at, about left back, and uh, United have tried this week to sign Mark Cucurella from Chelsea. Yeah, Cucurella then played in the EFL Cup, making him cup tied for EFL yeah. Cup matches uh, throughout the first half of the season. Yeah, I don't know whether Chelsea did that inadvertently or whether they did it with intention, but they have now. I think they did it deliberately. <laughs> Do you think they really did though? Because I'm, I'm yes. seeing this and like, and I'm Chelsea have tried today to offload Ian Matson yeah. to Burnley. And that is directly going against the wishes of their fans. Like, yeah. they, they would have much preferred Cucharella to leave because Matson is a, a youth academy product who has potential. Well, Mauricio Pochettino knows the rules. He absolutely does. And he also knows that his club were shopping Cucurella and trying to get him out the door. And everyone knew that Manchester United wanted him. Now, obviously, I don't think playing him was the be-all and end-all. But this was the kind of give and take that I spoke about before, about Chelsea not you know, doing business with United, but not doing business with United. United going in with a really silly offer, like, can we just have him for free? And it's like, no, seven million. Oh, we don't fancy that. And they've obviously ended up landing on another fullback, who is free, but free for a reason. <laughs> so I would have liked Cucurella. Like, I think that would have been a, a really interesting sign-in that you could have played in multiple positions, like we said on the last show. And uh, I think it's a little bit of a shame that that one fell through. But again, this is down to Manchester United not being able to sell players, not having enough cash and not being able to move players on so they could bring one or two extras in. It's the difference of quality, isn't it? You know, when you look at uh, Regulon and you look at, at Cucurella, some people might prefer the player we've we've landed on, but I don't know. What do you think, Scott? No, <laughs> it's like really, a really difficult question. I mean, I said the other day that I prefer Cucciarella, to be honest, and I think Regulon is. Uh, we know he can't. Well, neither of them. Both of them have things to prove. If if they're if we're talking about their defensive abilities, they both have things to prove. Regulon has obviously been out of the Spurs team. Uh, for a reason. There's a reason why Spurs are letting him go uh, on loan just with United covering his wages. No loan fee or anything like that. Um, I think it's a necessary... Like, I have a little bit of sympathy for United in this situation because they have two two left-backs who could play there who are yeah. injured. So, you know, this is, this is a bit of desperation, but a bit of forced desperation. I don't think this is bad planning in a sense. Well, I've just seen our comments here. The guy who's been talking before, Shane O'Connor, who's been jumping on me in all the comments recently saying that I'm being negative. So I'm not going to be negative about this one, but I'll be I'll just be straight about it. Is it a great signing? Is he better than Delo on the left hand side? And everyone knows what I think about Delo. I don't know, Scott. Like I, I like I don't think him. he is. I, I think wait, before, let me ask yeah. you this question. Do you want who would you prefer to start a left back at the weekend against Arsenal? Delo. 
Me too. <laughs> because Delone knows the system. So, like, that's the first bit. So, like, I'm not saying Regulon wouldn't be able to work his way into the team. He might be able to. But we do know that one of the reasons why it, it fell flat at Spurs is because defensively, he's just not very good. Like, he, he looks quite flash on the front foot and, and he's got a good cross on him. And he's a kind of hybrid fullback. You know, he can do all the wingback stuff. He's not very good at defending. He's no better than Deleu at defending. I do remember we were linked with him, don't remember, during Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's time, obviously quite seriously. United looked at him and scouted him extensively. And everyone was really kind of upset when he ended up going to Spurs. It was like, oh, we missed out on this talent here, you know, someone who, who could go to the next level. And then we saw him at Spurs and we all went, quite glad we missed out on him. I think the Guess sticking what? point in that was... He now uh, played for us. <laughs> Real Madrid, I think they wanted a buyback clause, didn't they? And United they didn't did. want to sign that off. Yeah, he was highly rated. There's no doubt about it. And I still think, I've, I've seen on Twitter the last couple of days, there's still some fans who kind of live in that period, maybe, in their heads and going, oh, well, he was that kind of player then. I'd have gone with Cucurella because I think it was only two years ago he was Brighton's player of the year. And and I think that he's, there's some upside to him. Uh, and I think it's 7 million, Scott, as well. I'd have taken that and done that business. But United don't have the money. And that is really just about that. That is why they have ended up with Regulon. And it gives you an extra body there, doesn't it, at left-back? We have to fingers crossed that we get Luke Shaw back and Luke Shaw is fit because I think that is a bigger question and for another show, for another day. But I also think now Malassia being back, I don't think Malassia is dropping down a pecking order for Regulon. We'll see. Uh, we, we you've, will, got, you've, got, you've got numbers at least. We will talk about Sofian Amrabat in a second. Uh, like the stream, please, if you haven't already, uh, because that will help recommend it to more people, recommend the video to more people, and to help the channel grow in a sense. I'll jump into some comments again. Vincent says, Greetings from Holland. Great to see you live. Amrabat is also Dutch and is a real disciple of Eric Ten Hag. We will talk about Amrabat in a second. Uh, loan with obligation is the same as buying outright in UEFA FFP book, says Nolia. We, there's no there's obligation though as far as we know there's no obligation there is an option we'll no. talk about that in a second wait a minute says question for you Rob in an injury crisis would you play Harry Maguire or Johnny Evans <laughs> I just told you what I thought the manager would do not what I would do but what would I do it's I'd a question me. from me to you and from yeah. wait a minute about what you would do I would play Johnny Evans I would play. I would play Harry Maguire. I, I, the reason why I'd play Johnny Evans is that I still think that United playing out from the back. Harry Maguire came to our club, didn't he, as someone that could play the ball, and I'm yet to kind of see a lot of evidence in recent times about it. But Johnny Evans can. That's one thing he can do. He's a ball player, and I like the way that Evans reads the game more than Maguire. I think Maguire quite often is a huff and puff merchant, so he's like, Oof, oh, I was out of position there, lads. I've seen too much of that. I'd have liked Harry Maguire to leave the football club, but we obviously know why that has not happened. Um, but yeah, John, I'm all right with Johnny Evans. Like, I thought when we saw him on tour, I thought he was okay. I don't think he's anything electric, but if I was picking the squad, I would probably still put Evans above Maguire, and I think the manager might be as well. Moving on through the comments, Hacker says, he's good, don't worry, talking about Sergio Regulon. There's more from one from God Emperor saying, come on with the available options. Who's better? Let's be real. This left back issue isn't ever isn't because of bad planning. I mean, I, I, I tend to agree with that in a sense, the pot of players that United were actually looking at, none of them exactly blew you away. And if you, you're not going to sign a left back for 40 million quid because Luke Shaw will come back at some point. Yeah. And uh, that is not the right way to do business. No, Manchester United have done this because they are frightened of Luke Shaw's injury. They believe it could be longer and deeper than than they want to admit. And that is another, again, a conversation for another day. But I, I will say that it's, a, it's, it's not necessarily negative, but I do think that the football club needs to plan its positioning maybe a little bit more. And I think when you look at what the manager did last year with the signings, we liked them, didn't we? We liked what they did. Whereas this window, it, it seemed like they had good direction at the start, Scott, and they've kind of ended it, like banging on doors going... Have you got anyone we could just pick up for free? You know why that you know why that is though. Obviously they yeah. had a budget for the summer, they spent yeah. it all, and then it was reliant on them selling players to reinvest and they, yeah. they couldn't do it. That's yeah. where it, that's where it fell down. Yeah. I, I'm sur- I'm surprised that they didn't realise that their valuations for the players that they were selling were over the top of the market value. Because we a lot of us felt that not all of us, but a lot of us felt that 
United needed to move those wages out and they wanted to move those wages out and now they're kind of stuck with quite a few of them. Though they have trimmed the edges of the squad, haven't they, with the likes of Mengi and Gerardo. Players, Scott, who are on literally nothing... And I'd have been quite happy sending out on loan and bringing back because in a year's time, you might be looking at those players going, no, they're not that bad. You know, they're not actually the worst players ever. Imagine if Mengi goes to Luton and has a great season. Next year, we'll be buying him for 30 million. Like it's, I don't know. Like it's, let's see. Let's see what happens with that. But I, I think United could have sold players if they'd been a little bit more, I don't know, motivated to do that. Kerwin Carter-Williams says, lovely seeing the boys go live. Long overdue. Cheers, Kerwin. Always supporting the show. I've seen you a lot in our comments. Thank you very yeah. much. And thanks Chris, on socials. Chris Spreedy says, love the show, guys. Keep up the great work. Come live often, guys, says Jeff. Helps with better interactions. We would like to, actually. Mm-hmm. Now that we've done it once, maybe I'm up we'll for do it. it a little bit more. Yeah. And God Emperor says, he's a backup. It's not that bad. Let me just, uh, exactly. yeah. before we do dig in, uh, to Sofian Amrabat, a few of you are saying uh, Mason Greenwood uh, is uh, being looked at by Hatafe. I wrote a piece earlier today, yeah. God, hours ago now, uh, about Lazio potentially signing him. A lot yeah. of interest from there was some, well, there's some interest from Lazio, Atalanta, if I remember rightly, and uh, Besiktas tasks in turkey as well but obviously the the transfer window in italy is now closed spain won't be too far behind it uh but hitafe are working on it and i think united even indicated to greenwood's camp this morning that they would be prepared to let him go for free but we're looking at a potential loan deal we will see as we mentioned earlier there are other um leagues like turkey which See their transfer window close later down the line. I think Turkey's the 15th of September, so there is still time. Yes. But I think United want to put this chapter behind them. Yes, but uh, don't forget also we see the Saudi Pro League's uh, windows in another week or two. Another week, isn't it? I think is mm-hmm. it the seventh. So there is always that option that if they can't shift him in the next hour or two, that um, that there might be a, an option going to Saudi. I do think actually there is a, a PR awareness there in Saudi that maybe it wouldn't be a good fit for their league at the moment, bringing a player like Mason Greenwood with the reputation that he's currently got. Uh, another comment from Jeff. A question for you, Rob. Our inability to sell effectively is down to only bad contracts or is there more to it? Uh, it, it it's, a, it's a multi-layered issue. Bad contracts, yes. The Edward Wood era, you know, giving people contracts when you're actually thinking, why do you even want that person in your squad? Why are they still here? Oh, now they've got a brand new deal for four years. So there's that. But I think when you, you you look across it, if you don't want players, we do know that the manager has gone to a number of players this summer and said, you're not in my plans. But do you know what? Those players are still at Man United now. That's not a good look. That doesn't help the squad. So I think on one hand, Ten Hag's trying to do the right thing and move the squad forward. And on the other hand, we, you know, we've got the Glazers. So that balancing point doesn't really work. It's been a tough few weeks for Richard Arnold for obvious reasons. But I don't think they're going to come out this transfer window kind of smelling the roses. I, I, I think they've been forced to do a lot of the business. I think the main target, obviously, who we'll talk about a little bit later on, uh, is a good signing. But besides that, you know, there are multiple players that they were after and, and it hasn't worked out. And as Scott said, because they haven't sold the players that they wanted to. Good Life says, hi, Vincent says, we at Ajax are in the pits now since Ten Hag left scrapping for Europa League places. Yeah. I know. Dramatics uh, fall, isn't it, with Ajax? Like, like I, people I know Ajax, you know, it was very much like when Ten Hag left, it was like, well, it's business as usual, we'll just carry on regenerating. It's not been like that this time, has it? Has not indeed. Uh, I do like Ajax, so I, I would like I them to get back to the top of Dutch football. Anyway, let's move on because we have been talking about it for a while. Uh, Sofian Amrabat, um, like the stream, please, if you haven't already. And sorry, if you're listening on audio to this later on, apologies uh, for my constant directions to uh, the, the live audience on YouTube. But you have a choice. You can listen on audio or watch on video. Maybe we'll go live more often. Uh, like the stream, leave a comment for us, get involved and uh, subscribe to the channel, please, if you wouldn't mind doing so and you haven't done so already. So, right, while I dig up to see if there's any updates, let's go with Sofian Amrabat. So, yes, Manchester United have not officially confirmed the transfer yet, but they have struck an agreement with Fiorentina 
for a loan deal for the duration of the season with an option, crucially an option to buy, not an obligation to buy, which is incredible. Yeah, it's it's, it's it it is. It, I didn't expect it. I've got to say that. Obviously, uh, United had approached Fiorentina earlier in the summer to say they wanted to make this move happen. It was obviously dependent on them selling and raising funds. I think it was going to be a permanent deal, but United earlier this week went back to Fiorentina and said, hey, we don't have too much money. Can we do a loan deal? Now, the first loan conversation was kind of pushed back, but the two clubs have kept talking, and eventually they've come to a point where I believe in British pounds, 8.5 million loan fee for the season, just over 17 million pounds permanent fee as an option if they want to trigger it in 2024 and also i think up to four-ish million in add-ons as well if they do trigger that move so what is the part of this rob that you want to look at first are you going to compliment man united on getting this deal done in the fashion they have are you going to tear it apart how do you feel um okay i'll do the compliment bit first I think he's a good player. I think he's the kind of player that will fit into what you're doing at Man United. I like the profile of the player. We know he's a Ten Hag lad. We know all these things. We know that what he can do, but we also do know the bits that he can't do. But I don't think we need to kind of, you know, roll over that too much at the moment. The one thing I will say is what I said at the top of the show about it and just hinted at is that, you know, the, the reason this deal happened is not because of Manchester United and it's not because of Fiorentina. It's because the player has pushed for this for weeks. Now, we'd heard a couple of weeks ago the player was actually very disappointed, or I should say his representatives, that Manchester United were playing this long game towards the end of the transfer window. And to tell you the truth, Man United haven't really come up with anything here. They've just gone to Fiorentina. The player wants to come to us, so let's sort this out. And in the end, that's kind of what they've got. I, I, it's, it's a little bit of a minor miracle because there's been bids going in for Amrabat all week, Scott. There's been clubs going after him, straight cash deals that they could have triggered and gone for. It's just that the player himself has said, I'm not going anywhere except Manchester United. So United played on that, Scott, and leaned on that. And they won in the end. So well done to the Manchester United guys there for doing that. So when you say outrageous, then, are you saying outrageous in a good way? Outrageous as in not normal football practice way. (laughs) Because as Chelsea... It is common practice. It's common practice. Not for Man United. Although you could say it is common practice because they've been doing loans on deadline day for the last two transfer windows. I'm sure they've told Fiorentina and the player, look, next summer... We'll sign you. It's cool. We'll give you your money. You'll get your money. You'll get paid. They don't do that, Scott. They're not trustworthy. I wouldn't trust Man United to do that. So that's why I said it was outrageous for that reason, is that Man United have somehow, like, it's not a swindle. Like, they've got this player for a year for 8.5 million, or what, it was seven or seven or eight? Is it 8.5 in the end? 8.5 pounds, I think it's 10 million euros. So you put that into context or say someone like Cucurella, who would have been seven, and you're actually, you've gone and got your big midfield piece who's going to help Casemiro and Ericsson and Bruno and Mason Mount when he's back in the team. You got him for like nothing, pennies. And you know what? If at the end of the season you go see your, I don't know, your Bellingham, Someone out 100 million. Maybe Frankie de Jong will be a thing. Frankie? It's all, we're going to be doing Frankie forever, aren't we? It's just like, oh, bang. But yeah, it might be a case that you get to the transfer market next summer and things will change. Now, I know the United fans will say, well, we should only really care about Man United. And I agree with that. Yes, of course. I do look at human beings here and the footballers themselves and how they have to cope and what they have to do. Um, I'm sure if Amrabat plays well, he will be a Man United player next season. I think that's what we can say. Um, and United will have to haggle on that price because, as you said, there's no, there's no, there's an option there. We don't know what that option fully is yet, do we? Do we know the the price? That's not yes. Me. So it'll be seventeen million pounds. Seventeen, I think it equates and to add-ons. 17, it's twenty million euros, so it's about seventeen point one million pounds plus five million euros and add-ons. So I think if the deal goes, so that is thirty-five through, million euros all in if they pay everything. About to say, I think if they did the whole deal, so he's a success, he does well, the add-ons are triggered, they pay next year, he stays. They're actually overpaying for him. 
So I think that's probably the only way that Fiorentina have gone. Yeah. Well, this player doesn't want to play for us. So, uh, and he's desperate to go to Manchester. So put him on the jet that's been sat parked there for two days. Let him go. And yeah, okay, we'll do that deal. So they've overpaid slightly on him. And I think it's probably about five million, six million, something like that. But it's it's okay. It's a good deal for Man United. I like him. I think he's a good player. And seeing United's got the first three games of the season, I think we need Amrabat more now today than we did three games ago. Like I really do feel that. I think you really do need someone of his player profile type who can help you in the first team. Because I think, Scott, if he's fit, kind of thinking automatic starter now. Like I, I, I know it changes with the win sometimes. I don't want to be negative or sound like I'm reacting or knee-jerking. But I do think that United will play a system now that favours Amrabat in that midfield because he'll be the guy doing a lot of that kind of dog's work uh, in front of the back four and helping Casemiro. So just on that, what what position do you think he will occupy then? So I'm seeing that a lot of people are saying, oh, Amrabat is the one that sits and Casemiro, maybe that frees him up to get forward a little bit. Um, Do you think that? I don't personally. I think it might end up resembling something more familiar to a 4-2-3-1. So not having two sixes, but a double pivot of sorts, not the Oleg and Solskjaer type, not the McFred type. But I do think when I was thinking about this today, I was looking at some metrics for Amrabat and just refreshing some stuff. And I was thinking there is every chance that Casemiro goes and plays his Real Madrid role, which was he wasn't always screening or being the six. He would quite often like to play higher at the park. And we've actually seen these first three games of the season, Scott. He's obviously scored. He's in the box a fair bit, isn't he? So that will mean that Amrabat is the guy that maybe sits a little bit more and that's more suited to his role. Saying that, Amrabat is a better pass of the ball. So I think Amrabat will be kind of like a 6-8 and I think Casemiro more, more the 6. But they might swap in games tactically to try and you know expose opponents that allow them to do that. So it looks like the contract is set to be signed or being signed for Sofian Amrabat. Uh, we, I doubt we'll be live when the official confirmation comes, but we'll see. Uh, let's move back into the comments and we'll come back to Amrabat in a second. Abraham says, update on Greenwood, please. If you scroll back 10 minutes, we just did one. And let's see. Alan says... Despite the chaos that is United's recruitment, this is now Ten Hag's team. Every position he has his players or players from previous regimes, he signed off or extended. Time for him and them to deliver. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I don't think that's far wrong, really. I, I, I mean, yeah. as much as the, the chaos, as, as Alan says there, is evident, Ten Hag now has, I'm trying to count off the top of my head, maybe one, two, and then most most of the front six, apart from Marcus Rashford, are his players. Yep. And there's three of the back four when they're all fit. So it's Wan-Bissaka or Dallo, Rafa Varane and Luke Shaw, who were here before Ten Hag was. Yeah, look, this is absolutely his team now. Like, I think when you're 12 months into a project, multiple transfer windows, multiple signings, it's the manager's team. He has to work with it one way or the other, hasn't he? Uh, this is why I think that it's been commented the last few days and weeks about my tone towards Ten Hag. And people saying, oh, you've changed your tone about Ten Hag. Not at all. Still really trust him. Still think he's a fantastic manager. But this is his team now. 
And we were on the tour with them and we saw them obviously in Las Vegas and we, we saw it kind of all firsthand. And we were a bit like, well, it's just pre-season. It's not a problem. And then the first games of the season, there has been issues. So, of course, you can fix that, can't you? But I think when you look at Ten Hag, um, this, it, it, there is no excuses. This is his team now. You know, he, he has to work with what he's got. And you can't moan about it. And to be fair to him, he doesn't. Like, he, he he's a guy, he's not like Mourinho. He's not going to whinge about stuff. He just said in the presser today, I'm really happy with what I've got and I'll move forward with it. And I and I think he I think he believes that. But I also think that he would have liked maybe one or two in on this window, but maybe a higher echelon in terms of quality. Another comment from Amira. Evening <laughs> all. Evening to you. Unless you're listening mm-hmm. to this on Saturday morning, in which case, good morning to you. Uh, and please share, share on your socials. Thank you, guys. A lot of you guys see us on Twitter and uh, message us and all there and, and the tweets. So if you're watching the show now and you enjoy it, please just give us a retweet. That really does help us grow. Uh, God Emperor again says, Mainu is a big miss as well. I generally think yeah. Ten Hag has big plans for him. Honestly, I, I massively agree with that. I think, you know. I have big plans for him. I think that I, feel, I I feel like if I was I if I was Eric Ten Hag or I was manager Manchester United I would Kobe Manu would be central to a lot of the things that I was doing in the next twelve months I do rate him very highly. Yeah, I generally think Ten Hag has big plans for him. Brilliant player, sound on the ball, and picks up amazing positions like in the Arsenal game. Maybe they see him as the six long term. I think they do personally. I think they even still, though they, maybe yeah. disagree personally with it, and I'd like to see him in the eight. I think the club see him as a six or, or did anyway before. I, I think in terms of the show, we just obviously talked about what Amrabat would do. And if Casemiro stays as the six, I think that the rotation will be more to do with maybe Amrabat and Manu in the, in the first instance in that six, eight role. Because to me, when I've seen uh, Manu grow up 14, 15, 16, 17 year old playing for Man United, he's an eight, but he's a Declan Rice eight. Like he can do the six, but he's going to be so good at the other end of the pitch. So I think we'll just see that being natural development, Scott. Like we saw on the preseason tour where he he helps with that assist where he gets into the right channel on the right wing and gets Bruno in and Bruno scores. I think that's the Kobe Manu that we will see develop in the next year or two. Vincent's well in the comments saying, strap in this season for the Eric Ten Hag ride. He will drive you guys nuts sometimes with his tactics because now he will try to play his style. He did try and do it in the first few games of last season and had to abandon it. So I, I yeah, yeah. Completely with you there again. Uh, now we will get to see Eric Ten Hag be a little bit more like Eric Ten Hag. He's got his goalkeeper. He's got a striker. We'll talk Rasmus Hoyland shortly. Uh, we'll yeah. talk the Arsenal game as well. Uh, maybe even he will even start on Sunday. Ten Hag suggested he was ready to start today in his press conference. But uh, yes, so Sofian Amrabat is on his way to United. He should be confirmed at some point. Pro- well, if you're listening to this after after it's dropped, he will have been signed. It's done. It's, it is done. I think it's done. Any further comments on it, Rob? No, I just, I, I, I'm really pleased that at the end of this window, we've got a player to talk about of, of his qualities because I think it was really needed. Uh, you can debate about, I've seen people de- debate about Onana in the last week or two and saying, should we have spent that kind of money on a goalkeeper at the moment? I've seen people debate about Mason Mount. Excuse me, still coughing my guts up. Um, but it's a good signing. It's, a, it's an essential signing. Yeah, I'll take over, Rob. You can mute yourself and go. I will cough away. <laughs> Fair play to Rob. He is soldiering along uh, with, through illness. So big thanks to Rob. I, I've even, even made him uh, wait until the evening. Uh, we us- we're recording this about 12 hours after we usually do record this. And he didn't say anything to me in, in my defense. He didn't tell me anything. So... But I'm a professional. It's just get yeah, we just do it. Bang, bang, we're there. I'm all right. If I cough, I'll just mute. You'll have to just listen to me cough for a little bit. <laughs> right. So we're getting a lot of comments about Mason Greenwood. Uh, we have addressed that during the show. We've talked about the Katafe loan news already. But I'll talk about Mason Greenwood. Let me just do a little bit of Mason Greenwood. Okay. Manchester United, because of what's happened are happy to give them away for free. And it's been like that for a little while now. It's not new. It's, it's obviously they've they've communicated that to the player and the player will will be shown the door. But Man United, I think, have got from this toxic meter over here, Scott, swinging all the way back over here, realising that they can't even get a fee for him now. So that was on them, really, isn't it? So, yeah, I basically agree with, not sure if he'll go today, but obviously he'll never play for Manchester United again. Righty. So, big game on the horizon. 
Oh, yeah. actually, shall we just do a quick note on the Champions League draw before we get into the Arsenal game? What did you think? Bayern Munich, Galatasaray, FC Nine, 99 vibes and old school vibes there with, uh, is it a Danish team? So you've got the Hoyland derby in there. Apparently his brothers are on the fringes of the first team. In really? Copenhagen. Well, Galatasaray always gives me Cantona vibes, where Cantona with flares in the stadium and all of that, and watching Cantona wanting to literally fight the whole of Turkey on him on his own that day. Uh, and of course, Bayern Munich, 99, they were also in our groups, weren't they, at the time? We used to get drawn with Bayern Munich every year, like it was just a joke. Uh, and they were obviously one of the best teams in the world, as were we. Uh, so I'm happy to see... Uh, to see by good Munich. blend it's a good blend yeah. isn't it really for a champions league draw i mean you you you, you don't want to go out of a, i'm not saying you're not going to go out but you don't want to get eliminated in a group of teams where you feel like you should be topping it like Bayern are the best team in the group probably and it'd be a good test for united to have home and away good nights at old trafford and in munich yeah. galatasaray is a tough test away from home but there's enough you would expect united to qualify maybe not first but at least they will be able to test themselves against uh, Thomas Tuchel's Bayern. And maybe if, if they go and get a, a big result against them, home or, home or away or both, um, you know, shot think, in the arm. I think we can top the group. Um, I really do. And I, I actually, like, I'm one of those fans, I think, where I'm very aware that we've been spoiled over the years, going back over time, not in recent times, but going back. And I always want to see big teams. That's it. I don't. I don't like those groups where you look at the four teams and you're like, I don't even know if I'd want to watch that on TV. You know, it's just. About, but I'm at these games. I really want to see. I want to see what Harry Kane does at Old Trafford. I do. I want to see that reception. I want to feel it. You know, and I want to feel United being there in that stadium in Munich. You know, so there's this. That's that's what does it for me. That's why I like Galatasaray. I think that'll be an amazing atmosphere uh, and and just a good program of Champions League games whether you get through or not I actually think when you look at the groups I think United could be better in Europe this year than they are in the Premier League I think in Europe they'll be able to play the counter press a little bit more more controlled um, and European football I think suits what we've got at the moment more but you know the Premier League I, I actually think United are getting towards form now I think they're actually the first three games they, they sorted out one or two things that that we were a little bit unsure about. Amit says, still need a striker, I think. I agree. But one more year of Tony Marshall. Uh, one more year At of least. Anthony Martial. Well, he's. I think he's got a contract for the rest of the season with an option. Yeah. So it would not surprise me at all if United... Uh, I need to double-check that, but it wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised if right. it is his last year. I think you're right. And, and and I think again United would have would have been quite happy to move him on at this point, but again, injuries, you know, poor form or whatever people want to call it. Um and, and you still do need a and striker. A monster wage of two hundred and fifty thousand pounds a week. Well, exactly. This is the thing that we talked about so much about big wage earners at Manchester United and whether they are value or not. And obviously the vast majority of them are not. So you're still trying to work on that, trying to get players out. But you have to pay the mascot to an extent. You know, you're going to have to pay something to get them out the door. And if you're not prepared to do that, then guess what? They're still going to be playing for you. It's just as the way it goes. We have Amira saying, one question. Do you think if the Glazers stay, we will do any transfer business because we don't have money? Um, that's an interesting question. Will they leave for the end of the year? Um, well, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. I I I've always so. thought that they would play this game. I've, I don't want to say I told you so any of that rubbish, right? Because that's not what I'm saying. I will say that. But they are what they are. And we know that they play games and we know that they just care about themselves. So will they definitely sell? I don't think it's a definite. No, no, I really don't. But I think if they stay at the club, they will just carry on spending the same way they have for 10 or 15 years. There'll be gluts of spending, reaction. Oh, we want him. Oh, he sells shirts. We'll have him. Oh, there's a Ronaldo over there. We'll have him. And it, and it will be like that, really. And it's up to Ten Hag and the and director of football to be able to kind of conduct the band to make sure United are successful whilst working with the owners. Kerwin says the Glazers are waiting for investors. I, I mean, would not surprise me at all. Yeah. And uh, shout out, Alex. Uh, what's the final assessment of the window? How do you think Eric Ten Hag will set up in midfield? I personally think is a bit of horses for courses. Um, I think we'll see if everybody's fit. I mean, you've got... Kobe Manu, who will I think he'll still get minutes regardless of Amrabat being being in. You got Casemiro and Amrabat. 
You've got Mason Mount and Bruno Fernandes. Bruno can play on the right as well. I generally think it'll be in games that he United think they can dominate. I think they might risk that Casemiro Mount Fernandes midfield at times. But they need... Ten Hag has often spoken about having a squad that is able to deal with all the competitions. He did not rotate enough last year for me, but I think that's because he couldn't trust the players <laughs> on the fringes, really. So he had to stick with what he had. You know, I didn't even mention Christian Eriksen there either, who's going to play most likely on, on Sunday. And Scott yeah. McTominay still there. So loads of options. What, what, would, what do you think? Is there a first choice three or is there... Loads of options of players that you've told in the last six weeks you didn't want anymore and they had to leave and they're still here. Yeah, that's, so, that's only McTominay. Uh, only McTominay and Maguire. Um, but well, I was talking you, about the midfields. It, 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 well, just in terms of like the, the vibe at the club, uh, I, I think Scott McTominay is an honest pro and will fight for his place and carry on. Like I don't think there's a problem with Scott McTominay. It's more about his quality. Uh, you're just saying there about playing the three with Mount. I, I do think we'll see that, but I also do think that now that they've bought Amrabat, there will be a, a a leaning of 90% Scott in tactical games of leaning towards the Amrabat being paired with Casemiro. And then Mount's and gonna Van be Mount's gonna be <laughs> somewhere else. What was that? And Van der Beek. Van der Beek's still there as well. Was so it, did, did, did Lorient not be able to to pick him up? So you know, it's crazy, Galatasaray it? today as well, and that, that window's still open. He literally uh, could have ended up being loaned out to a League One club. I just don't know. Like it just got it got to that point, didn't it? So uh I kind of feel sorry for him, but at the same time, Scott, not sorry for him because when he's had chances, he's not been able to do it. If you can't prove it to the manager that brought you through at your former club. Then, yeah, let's I don't um, know. let's move on because we do want to talk about the Arsenal game. Yep. And you, you mentioned there in bigger games or difficult games, you'd yeah. think Amrabat Casemiro would be the go to. Yeah, the one down, well, there's several downsides to United's transfer window, especially, but the, the downside about this Amrabat deal is the fact that it's not been confirmed before the midday yeah. on Friday deadline, so he cannot play against Arsenal. Yeah. And I think, like last season, United played, I think, Casemiro, Bruno Fernandes, Christian Eriksen. Christian Eriksen got overrun in there. He doesn't really have the the energy to do that. Yeah. And you fear a little bit in the midfield area of Arsenal, especially if they go with Rice, Partey, Odegaard, that that midfield will overrun United's and potentially decide the match. Um, So it's a shame and just... To start with, it's a shame that Amrabat is not ready for this. Yeah, look, I wouldn't have really, played anyway because he had a preseason, really. No, I don't think you'd play. And and, and I, th- I always think that when you buy players late in the window, there shouldn't really be an expectation that they just start jumping to your first team. It's, again, it's just not not reality with when you look at sports science and how you pick a team in this modern age. You know nothing about this player in terms of their data. You need to kind of build that at the training ground. Um, if you guys, after this show, here jump on my other channel there on, on YouTube at underscore Robin underscore B, I've just released a video about how Man United are going to beat Arsenal. And I mean it. And the reason why I think they're going to beat Arsenal is because I think the setup and the shape of the midfield is it's just leaning towards for me what United do well last year or did well last year and combining it with what Ten Hag's trying to do this year. Now I know in the comments I said there that that Ten Hag will drive us mad trying to play his football, but Scott, you highlighted as well that when it went wrong last year, he just went back. He just reverted, didn't he? He was like, not doing that because I don't want to lose football matches in my job. I think that's where he still is now. I really do think that. He he might be looking more progressive, but let's be honest, these signings are not progressive signings. Mason Mount, maybe, but he's not available, so you can't think like that. Um, I'm not too high on Amrabat of playing in the next game against Arsenal. I think you will need him in this type of match in the weeks and months ahead. That's what I'm more bothered about. I think when you look at Arsenal... Arsenal, for me, haven't really started Scott in the vein I thought they would. Like, with their signings, they look a little bit... I don't want to use the word jaded because they'll punish me for that on Sunday. But they they look like a team trying to figure it out as much as Man United are for me. So I think if United in that midfield can go with what's worked with Bruno and Eriksen, I think Eriksen on the ball, you see, is still a still a magician on the ball. He still he still sees the game in slow motion where others don't. So I have trust in him. But obviously you said that there earlier on, there is a chance obviously that Hoyland would play. But being honest, I don't believe he will. Would you? No. Time. No, no. Look, he's had a week's training. 
So, like, the thing is, you could throw him in and he could be a revelation. Like, he could win you the game, win 3-0, he scores a hat-trick, everyone's going mad. And we would all love that, wouldn't we? But that is, that's not really where reality <laughs> sits. I think if he'd had two, three, four weeks training, of course, if it was his first game coming at Arsenal, go for it, have a go. I think he'll be on the bench, Scott. And I think he'll come off the bench and get half an hour, uh, effectively. So he's going to get his chance to to show United fans what he is and to show the world what he is. I think starting is a, is a bit of a leap of faith, like Ten Hag. Well, they're taking really, a leap of faith, spending that much money on him anyway. But, yeah. take, exactly, you've spent that money, but you are spending this money for a duration, like for years. This is not about the next week or two or three or ten. This is about a future career and building it and, and building a new superstar for your football club. So I've got faith in him as a player and I think in his development. For me, you know, I've, I said on my video, if you go and watch it, what I would do through the middle, and it wouldn't be anti Martial. Like, I think we have to move away from that model now as soon as possible and move away from the model that Marcus Rashford is your auxiliary striker. It doesn't work. Those things do not work. So it's finding a way to having a, an 11 out there that that kind of complements each other. And I still think you've got to use Jaden Sancho more. Just I think it's the way it is. And he's at your club. You didn't sell him, Scott. Use him, please. So you would do Sancho through the middle? I, I liked the but my favourite part of preseason, Scott, after... Was against Arsenal. <laughs> was and against Jayden Arsenal. Sancho started in the false nine. But it was more tactically. The, the, my favourite part, of the whole of the preseason, was when Tenog was kind of playing four one four one at times, and then switching back to four three three, and then playing the false nine. I thought that worked tremendously with Jaden. Like I really did, and I was like, I didn't think that would work with Jaden. I thought it might work with Bruno. I didn't know it would work with Jaden, and, and I thought he proved himself in those little few moments that he got. We're seeing him coming on now, playing on the left. He hasn't played a minute on the left in preseason, and yet he's starting in a Premier League on the left. I'd rather see Marcus Rashford play 90 minutes on the left every week, which means that Jaden Sancho can't play there. So we've just talked about Martial being an issue, and and you know he's not fit and he's not ready at the moment. Stick him on the bench, uh, and I would start with Jaden and then go with Rasmus for the for the finale of the last 20 or 30 minutes. I think that would be that'd be something for Arteta to think about, wouldn't it? Do something different. It would indeed. Uh, let's see the comments again. Kerwin says we should stunt Arsenal's preparations by starting Hoyland. I'm not against it. I don't think he will do it. I, I kind of would like to see it just because I want to see him play. It would be but fun. It'll be it'd be fun. It wouldn't probably. Probably is not the right thing. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. And uh, Jeff says I just don't, I just hope we don't start Rashford at centre forward. I agree. Nor Bruno at right wing. I agree. Anthony's getting a lot of stick. I thought, you know, yeah. But I, I, I still think there's a player in there. I, I might get killed off for that. I, I think Anthony is, he's not performing properly yet. But I really think he's got. I used the term minerals on a radio show earlier this week. I think he's there's something in there that's just waiting to come out for me. But I don't. You're making a face. I, 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 I last year I was quite relaxed about Anthony and I still am like I, I think his off ball work is sensational really do he's one of our best players off the ball uh, you saw in one of the games recently uh, where with the width against Forest, where he really helped us because he held that width and he pushed United driving down that down that wing and that's important I still think Scott that we paid 70 to 80 million which is not his fault that we need more productivity just as simple as that more assists more goals you know I'm a little bit Better bored. Decisions he needs. I'm a little bit bored of seeing him cut in on his left foot and go. Well, do you know what? I'll try. I think I might curl it in the top corner. Now we know he's good enough to do that, but he's got to mix it up. And and it's but, a bit like Rob, we have... last week he did run to the byline and cut it back with his right foot. He, he's he is doing a little bit more. Like, I I agree with that. And and it's it's the same uh, analogy that I said once about Riyad Mahrez when he went to Man City and couldn't get the team. And Pep Guardiola said you can't just cut in on your left; you won't play. So he learned for a year to to do other stuff and became a sensational goal scorer and assister, didn't he? So um, I think Anthony has got that upside, but also you've got to trust in that process, haven't you? And I wouldn't be dropping him just because, like, and then moving Bruno right, and then... I think he adds a lot of balance to the team as well. He, and that was why he was purchased at such an incredible price, because it was a, it was a balance uh, signing, someone who could invert on that side. It was something the manager was massively keen on from day one, and still is. Uh, and that's why Jaden Sancho, who was a, an incredible talent on the right-hand side in the Bundesliga, 
has hardly played on the right hand side for Eric Ten Hag. Just something he does not fancy. So, do you you think Man United will beat Arsenal? I do. Yeah, that that, that is uh, hot takes and all of this from journalists, say. Eh? But no, I actually think when I look at the two setups, and I was really crunching again numbers earlier in the week, the end of the weekend. And I was thinking, because people are like, oh, you've been really hard on Man United the last few weeks. And I think it's been fair. I don't think I've been over the top or anything. But I liked what I saw in terms of United sorting themselves out against Forest. And I think if they can carry on that progression, Scott, and go and be the away team at Arsenal and force Arsenal to have the ball, which Arsenal will want, Arsenal will want the ball. If United can play a successful transition game with the pace that they have and get it right at centre-forward, which is why I mentioned Jaden dropping in and out, dragging Saliba out of position from with the false nine, I think Marcus can run on and kill anyone on that side. And I think that Anthony will also find space on that right-hand side. They're not all healthy, are they, Arsenal? They've had injuries, they've had problems. Um, Gabriel can't seem to get the team, can he? It's a bit weird. Like, he sits on the bench now and he was an automatic well, style. Yeah, the, the question is if, I think a few people are saying they want them to see Arteta switch back to what was working at the back end of last season. That's right. And maybe he will, but, you know, he's played the first three games in the manner that he has for a reason. Yeah, the reason the reason why Arteta, I think, isn't doing it is because he's become settled on the fact that Partey being a defensive midfielder is now playing at fullback and inverting into defensive midfield and that he needs to balance that up somewhere, playing that there as a centre-back. So I, I don't know why. Like, everyone, I would expect Gabriel to play, but he hasn't been playing. I don't think he'll play against Man United either. Um, but I think in that case, you need to make sure that your centre-forward is not just making runs, but is actually dragging that Arsenal defence this way, like there pulling them out to allow your runners to run on deeper and play the counter-press. Set the traps, do the counter-press. And I do think the United have got a, more than a kind of puncher's chance of landing one or two on Arsenal's chin because Arsenal are not as maybe as steadfast as they were in the parts of the season last year where they were fantastic and defensively very sound. Are they going to play their new goalkeeper, Scott? Like, you know, is Raya going to start a game and does Raya know the back four and... Can Not United for this one, I, I would be very be highly unlike, wouldn't it? But this is that you know they've bought him to play him. There's no doubt about it. I know some Arsenal fans, Arsenal fans, we know, do not rate him in comparison to their current goalkeeper. But I do think that he's been brought in to be the number one, and uh, and will eventually like be at the club long term. I think United need to kind of take this moment in time and punish Arsenal for the mistakes that they've made in the opening weeks of the season. And in, by doing that, Scott. They kind of reboot their own season like that. You go to Arsenal and you win. Do you know what? Last six weeks, wiped away. People forgotten. We've forgotten. We're all happy again. And we're all thinking then about Hoyland coming back and being a starter at Man United because that's the next step, isn't it, in the terms of progress. And Amrabat. That's exciting, isn't it, those two players? United haven't won at Arsenal since 2017 in the league. Yeah. So six years. But you mentioned there about... I think Arsenal will probably be thinking the same thing. United have been very disjointed and very easy to play against in the early weeks of the season. So Arsenal will probably fancy their chances with their own crowd ahead of them. I don't really... Looking as a neutral, I think most people are looking at Arsenal as the massive favourites here. So maybe that works to United's advantage. I think it does because I, Arsenal are rightfully the favourites. Look what they did last year. Look at what the signings they've made. Look at Declan Rice, etc., etc. Arsenal are the team in win mode. They have put their squad in a place to win the Premier League this year. And, and I've said that I believe they will win the Premier League this year. That was my tip. But I've watched every minute of every game they've played and all their pre-season. Not massively impressed. I'm like, they've got stuff to sort out. And, and I thought that they might do that because when you bring in new players, even good ones, they've got to find their feet. They've got to kind of learn what the system is. I think with Arteta, I, I rate Arteta. I think he's a really good coach. Um, and Arteta will get it right, but he's also proved that it takes him a while to get a team prepared. Like he's proved that he's had good sets of players. It's not worked. Then it's worked. Then it's not worked again. Then it worked. And I think that kind of is a little bit Arteta. And the first few games of this season, Arsenal for me have not been as hot as I expected them. I thought they'd come right out the blocks and and kind of show everyone that they were going to be the team to beat. It's not happened yet. I'm sure they warm up. Let's just hope they don't warm up against us. But it allows United to counterpunch and play that game because that's what United want to do anyway. So they should be ready for that. 
Arsenal versus Manchester United, the game of the weekend in the Premier League. Let's hope United get a result because they will have to stew on it then for a yeah. couple of weeks because the international break is coming up afterwards. So A result and a good performance. That would be great, wouldn't it? Because that would reset a lot of things. It really, really would. And a debut goal for Hoyland off the bench. You know what? A debut goal for Sergio Regulon on loan from Spurs. He might start, right? That is, I, that's yeah. more likely to me that he will start at left back, even though I said Delow and you said Delow. I think it's more likely because he's had a day of training. I would squad. be shocked on it. I would, if he I would be shocked, but he is a specialist left back. So it's, it's, it is what it is. And and I, I think Delow inverting into midfield probably makes more sense. Um, but I, I can't see Hoyland with seven days worth of, you know, pitch activity being given a start, but I can see him getting 20 to 30 minutes and actually making an impact because he is fast, he is strong, he's very Premier League. I think United fans will see a little window of, of Hoyland uh, in North London uh, on Sunday and I think I think fans will like it. I think there'll be a little bit of flavour going into the international uh, window, uh, hoping that United come back and that obviously he'll start for us. Uh, the comments. He's in the Danish squad, isn't he? So he's going to go and play. He is, for yeah. yeah. Harry, uh, our producer, Harry, good friend, Harry, who I did a stream with on the Nighty Min channel like three hours ago, talking about this game. We he's were an Arsenal about fan, it. by the way. He's an Arsenal fan. Jeff says, ha, 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 that will finish Harry, as I said. Goal from Sergio Regulon on loan from Spurs. Goal from Anthony, who uh, Harry is, uh, let's just say, a critic of. And uh, a goal from Hoyland on his debut would be nice as well. But, you know, we can live in, we can all dream, eh? Uh, let's let's see how it goes. Sunday afternoon in the UK, Arsenal versus Man United. The transfer window is closing in one hour and 20 minutes. Yes. As it stands, we have not, I will just check before I sign off, we have not had uh, confirmation from Man United about... Sofian Amrabat joining Man United, but it is going to be soon. Probably by the time you're listening to this, if you haven't listened on the live stream. He's playing a piano somewhere or something, but United will obviously... United like to win the transfer window, Scott, and I don't think they've won it this time, but they like to make the most noise on transfer deadline day if they get the opportunity. It's all part of their PR game. Keep an eye out over the weekend, possibly tomorrow, for changes in squad numbers as well. If you're one of the squad number nerds like I am, I I, I really enjoy that. What did you think about Garnacho's number then? I'm not going to reveal. Yeah, we the the what do you pictures mean out there. Do you know? Do I you didn't know? reveal, uh, but there was a picture of him in the number 17 shirt, uh, which was vacated by Fred, which I thought Highland would get. So, some interesting stuff. And uh, yeah, maybe those squad numbers will be on show for the Arsenal game as well. Maybe a few players change. Might Anthony Martial lose his squad number for a second time in his Man United career? Can you imagine how grumpy he'll be then? Well, anyway. I, I, do you know what? That that would be a very Ten Hag thing to do. It's a bit like Harry Maguire, isn't it? It's like, I oh, will take your armband off you because, you know, I don't want you. So if you take the nine off Martial, it's like, well, you haven't moved on, but we're taking your shirt number. <laughs> I would Hoyland's going to be the long-term number nine, isn't he? Like that is what he's he's been brought in to do. So I would not be surprised if that is something we do see. Obviously, if Garnacho does wear that mythical number seven, but with a one in front of it. So I think that uh I think that might might be the halfway house here is that uh Hoyland might get the big number at the top end. That's it for us. It's getting late. I've got another podcast to do after this as well. Uh transfer deadline time talking transfers if you want to check out what uh what has happened all day i need to go to sleep for about 40 yeah hours. rob you should go rest i think um but that's it from us today I'll, we will let rob go and sleep and prepare for the arsenal game subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and watch us on youtube big thanks as well if you have watched this on youtube we've had a concurrent yeah. a decent number of concurrence decent number of comments coming in uh, to the people who've uh, jumped in and out of the stream as well, thanks for joining. Thanks cool for seeing commenting. all the comments here. And a lot of people have obviously been following us for years and stuff. It's nice, isn't it, to interact and see you all there? Yeah. Um, really appreciate the support. Like the stream if you haven't already. It really helps. Uh, subscribe to the channel as well. And what's the other thing I usually say? Leave a comment for us as well. Pop that notification bell on so you never miss a show. And follow us on social media at double underscore Scott Saunders 
on X, Instagram, and TikTok at underscore Rob underscore B on Twitter and YouTube and at Promise and MU for the show on Twitter as well. Thanks for listening on audio. Apologies that we had to throw to a few different directions today. Slightly different format to usual. But really appreciate the support, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to Rob. Go get some rest. Hope you feel better soon. And uh, send Rob your best wishes in the comments as well. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Catch you next week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about. In your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. So your weekly grocery run can feel even more productive and that morning coffee can taste like a little victory. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities to get lower rates on loans. Like for a new ride or finally having a home to call your own. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime Secured Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FTIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details.